Hello and welcome to episode three of This Week in Sports History. I'm Ben Frazier, and this week is centered around European football's transfer deadline day, and more specifically, the deal that saw Portuguese superstar Cristiano Ronaldo move from Italian club Juventus back to Manchester United, the club where he began his exceptional career. Before we get into that, there are several deadline deals that went down in history from across the sport. And to begin, we go back to 2007, which saw then 18-year-old Wayne Rooney move from English Premier League mid-table squad Everton to the top echelon Manchester United for a fee of just over £20 million. At the time, this move was the most expensive transfer for a player under 20 years old in football history. Rooney went on to have an extraordinary career of not only Manchester United, where he would score 253 goals and win five Premier League titles, but also be England's mainstay at striker, where he scored 53 goals for the three Lions. Deadline Day 2012 saw the then largest transfer in history when Spanish giant Real Madrid purchased Welsh superstar Gareth Bale from English club Tottenham Hotspur. The move saw Bale join a deadly partnership in Madrid alongside striker Karim Benzema and winger Cristiano Ronaldo, which contributed to Madrid's four Champions League titles including three straight in 2016, 2017, and 2018. Real Madrid once again made news in 2005 when they bought defender Sergio Ramos from Seville. The 27 million euro fee was a record for the largest fee for a Spanish defender in history. While Ramos was considered to have a very bright future, it was unthinkable how much of an impact he would have in the Spanish capital. Ramos would headline a tough center-back partnership with Pepe and would be a major contributor to the previously mentioned success for Real Madrid. Moving on to the main topic of the day, Cristiano Ronaldo's transfer to Manchester United. Portuguese superstar returns to Manchester after being sold to Real Madrid in 2009 for 94 million euros. When Ronaldo left England more than 10 years ago, he was one of Europe's premier players. While the now 36-year-old Ronaldo is not the same player, he still brings with him the prestige of a superstar. The roughly 15 million pounds that the Red Devils played to Juventus has practically been paid for in shirt sales as a recording this, and Manchester United hopes to have him contribute to a run at the Premier League title as well as the Champions League title. It would be the first for Manchester United in many years. For Juventus, this marks an end to the Ronaldo era, and many are disappointed with not only the fee, but the overall level of effort and performance over its three seasons in Italy. Juventus failed to uh, win the Coppa d'Italia more than once. They did not make any progress in Champions League, nor did, did they win the Serie A this year, losing to uh, Inter Milan. To discuss the fallout from this transfer and what it means for both Manchester United and for Juventus, I'll welcome my guest. And here to discuss the Ronaldo transfer and what it means to not only Juventus, but to Serie A in general, from the Calcio Guys podcast, I have Nick DiGiovanni. Thanks, Nick, for joining us today. Uh, no problem. Uh, just to get us started, the transfer fee that Manchester United paid to Juventus uh, comes in around 15 or 20 million pounds. There's no, uh, that's not including the possible bonus fees based on performance that Ronaldo could get while at Manchester United. Do you think uh, Juventus got enough money for a player of Ronaldo's stature? Honestly, like it, it's for me. It's not about the transfer fee. I think Juve just needed to to get rid of his thirty million dollar a year salary, and that in in it in itself is a win. You know, there were some talks early on that uh, he could be going for free somewhere, 
which, you know, is crazy. Imagine like two, three years ago telling someone that Ronaldo could go for free. Uh, but, you know, he had one year left in his contract. Um, you know, if they don't, if they didn't get rid of him now, they, they would have lost him for free. So, um, you know, originally the, the reported transfer was uh, $30 million. Then because Juventus is a publicly publicly traded company, they, you know, they release all their financial info. So, you know, once the transfer got finalized, they come up with a statement saying it's it's 15 million um, euros and that could go up up to 20, 23 million. I forget what what exactly the exact numbers are with uh, the bonuses, which, you know, it was a bit disappointing and they're, they're actually taking a financial loss from it. You know, I, I guess it's better than nothing, right? Um, at this point, you know, in, instead of like eight months from now, you, he walks her free. And like I said, just the whole salary, just 30 million, you know, getting that off off their books and not having to spend the season um, worrying about a contract negotiation and, and trying to extend him for the set for, uh, you know, the year after. I know he signed a two year deal with um, with Manchester. So basically, you know, it would have been the equivalent of if Juve just signed him on a one-year extension uh, past his current contract. But uh, I, I think it got to the point with Ronaldo, it just had to be done financially. They they couldn't keep him anymore. And for Manchester United, uh, people see Ronaldo and obviously they see arguably the best player in the world. But Ronaldo's getting up there in, in age. He's in his late 30s. And despite being a very talented player, and he showed it at Juventus, isn't quite the same player as he was even in his early 30s. Do you think that he's going to have a good impact at United, even though the Serie A and the Premier League are very different styles of game, especially for an older player like Ronaldo? It's it's tough to say just because I don't watch too much Premier League. You know, I know it is it is more of a physical league and stuff, but, you know, Ronaldo, obviously, he was, he was amazing for Juve, no doubt. Um, 134 games, 101 goals. He scored a lot, but uh, I find, you know, especially last season, um, his play dipped in the sense that, you know, maybe it was a team thing um, where he wasn't getting enough service or maybe it was uh, just him. He, 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 he tried to do things that he, he would have been able to do, you know, five years ago. You know, he, he can't do that anymore. He can't, he can't dribble past guys on his own most of the time. You know, he needs someone to make that those passes. I don't know. I don't know how, you know, I don't know too, too much about Manu, but I don't see them as much of an upgrade over, um, over Juve. Um, like, like, I mean, who's their, well, obviously, you know, Bruno Fernandez, Bruno Fernandez is going to be the playmaker there, you know, but he, what is, is he the equivalent of Dybala? And, and him and uh, Ronaldo and Dybala didn't really get along on the pitch that well. Um, so we'll, we'll see. I know, I know, you know, Manu just got rid of Daniel James. I don't know how important of a player he was uh, for them, but, um, but yeah, it. Uh, I can't say how, how, how he's going to impact the, the Prem, but I mean, it's Ronaldo. He's, he's going to score his goals. He's going to score his goals. But it probably won't be at at the rate he was doing, you know, with Madrid or even the first time around with Manu. And just to wrap up the impact he's going to have on Manchester United, you mentioned the twenty million euros. Do you, even though United most likely will recap that money strictly in shirt uh, shirt sales alone, do you think that's a a steep price to pay for Ronaldo in this financial climate when the Premier League is often under fire for 
seeing big clubs like Manchester United, Manchester City violating the terms of financial fair play? No, I don't. Uh, I, I think I think Man U got a pretty a pretty good deal. You know, you're only paying 15 million payable over five years. I know you're gonna have to pay you know a, a high salary for him, but I really don't think money's an issue in the Premier League. You know, we know they how much money they make. You know, the the whole argument that they're gonna make it back in shirt sales. I don't think uh, <laughs> that's a lot of money to make back in shirt shirt sales. <laughs> 15 million. Uh, that's gonna be a lot of shirts to sell, especially considering probably a lot of fans kept their Ronaldo jerseys. But no, for sure. Uh, not just shirt sales, just any type of um, any type of you know marketing and and maybe ticket sales. I mean, it's gonna definitely help the team. I mean, but but at the same time, how much help does Manu need? You know, it's not uh, it's not like he's going to an un- unknown unknown team. This is you know one of the most famous teams in the world. Well, because of Ronaldo and also because of other players who have who have uh, you know come before him, um, who have made Manu such a big team, especially when it comes to the Champions League. So. You know, it's going to make an impact, but how much how much changes are we going to have on the team, right, in terms of marketing and stuff? Right, and it's a very good sequitur into my next question. With the Serie A uh, saw some major departures on uh, over the last uh, transfer period. Lukaku, Romelu Lukaku going, uh, leaving Italy for, uh, for Chelsea. Uh, Gigi uh, Donnarumma going to Paris for PSG, Christian uh, Romero going to Tottenham in England. And all of these players who seem to be leaving Italy at the peak of their play, Lukaku is a little little different because of how well-traveled he is around world football. But do you see the Serie A taking a bit of a hit in terms of not only finances, but getting relegated into what many consider to be one of the weaker top leagues in Europe because of all these departures. It, it's tough to say because, yeah, they lost some big names and it, it sucks. Definitely, especially Lukaku. Um, you know, I spoke about about on my podcast multiple times how exciting Lukaku is. You know, even though I, I'm not, I'm a Juve fan. I, I don't like Inter. I enjoyed watching him play because he's, he's so, he's such a powerful player. Uh, same thing with Hakimi. You know, he was only there for one season, but he, he was fun to watch. Obviously, Ronaldo, you know, he, he, he generated the views on YouTube. Um, you know, Romero, whatever, it sucks. But, you know, it's nothing. That's not the worst thing. Um, but then again, you lose these these individual talents. But then again, you know, Italy just won the Euros. So so you get popularity in other ways. And then you got players from the uh, from the Italian team, like like Federico, Federico Chiesa, who's I think is going to be a star in the Serie A. Uh, obviously, it sucks losing Donnarumma, too. I mean, this guy, he's been – he played, what? Uh, six seasons in the Serie A, and he's 22. <laughs> I mean, he played six seasons, and he goes to PSG. That that one definitely sucked. But um, you know, I I I I don't think it's gonna make Serie A worse. They're not gonna grow much more. It, like like maybe at worst, they're gonna go back to the level they were like in 17, 18 before Ronaldo. You know, um, I think it's a pretty exciting league still. Um, I don't think there's a clear-cut winner for the Scudetto. I think it's like a couple seasons now that we've had a legitimate Scudetto race. I know there was nine years with Juventus winning, but um, you know, basically after 2018, the Scudetto race was a lot tighter. Uh, and I, I, I think, I, I think, I think this year, is especially, is going to be the 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 tightest one. You know, uh, Inter, Inter, they 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 win the Scudetto last year. They win the title last year. And they lose all these guys, they lose their coach, lose a bunch of players, and they come over and they still look good in the first two games. Juve, they're supposed to get better. 
with uh, Allegri and and they come out and they're flat one point in two games. Uh, Milan, I mean Milan, they they look good, but some say they're not at the Scudetto level yet. So there's a lot. Uh, I, I think it's pretty open, honestly. And so if you're a fan, if you're a, a neutral fan, you, okay, sure, you might not know some of the, the the names in the league, but if you know at week a week thirty, week thirty one. There's a one point difference between you know the first and fourth place. You're gonna tune in to watch, right? So I think at the end of the day, that that's more important than having individual talent. And do you think why uh, a lot of these high profile names seem to leave Italy so often is purely financial, or do you believe the Serie A generals, generally speaking, is not quite to the talent level overall that you see in England, Germany, or Spain? Oh, it's just it's financial. It's uh, the city has backwards in terms of finances, in terms of marketing, in terms of business deals. Um, they just they just don't make a lot a lot of money. City at teams, and you know there's a there's a lot of reasons for that. You know, I think one of the main reasons, honestly, is, is stadiums. Most of city at teams don't own their stadium. The stadiums are owned by the city, and the city at teams are are paying rent. So right, right away there, that, that's costing money. Only a couple of teams own their stadium, like like Juve, Sassuolo. But most teams, like Milan, Milan, Roma, obviously Inter and, and Milan, Roma, Lazio, Napoli, they don't own their stadiums. You know, they're <laughs> those are public stadiums. And and they're old. They were all built for the 1990 World Cup. So they're 30 years old. They're, they're not pleasant to watch on TV. So... Um, you know, it's not like uh, England where, where the fans are right next to the pitch and it, it makes it a good viewing experience. There's a lot of factors for sure. You know, it doesn't help too that an Italian team hasn't won anything in Europe in 11 years. That alone brings revenue. Uh, it helps with the UEFA coefficient. It brings revenue. I don't see an Italian team winning anything in Europe in the next few years either. The Serie A, the FIGC, they, they don't control money well. They, they, don't, they don't go for a pro. Like obviously they're going for profit, but they don't aim to be the best, uh, the the best money maker out there. They, um, you know, they, they just want to get by, and they they're too traditional sometimes too. That's the problem with Italy. They're they're too too traditional. They they don't have guts to do something that's gonna like change the city and and make it a better financial league. They've been trying ways to do it, you know, especially with with TV schedules and stuff, spreading out the games, and people don't like that. So either, you, you know, you have tradition or you have money. You can't have both. And uh, for the Serie A, do you think they should be targeting their more homegrown talents because of the way football is financially? You, for example, Donnarumma, some may argue you know, currently he might be the best goalie in Europe. He's a homegrown Italian talent bred, uh, bred in Milan. Other Italian talents who grow grow in the Serie A and then leave for the greener pastures of England, Germany, or Spain, and in some cases, France. How do you think the Serie A should be developing those Italian talents? Because you see, the especially from the Euros, how good this Italian talent is. And from, from your perspective, how do you, A, develop that Italian talent and get them to stay in the Serie A, and B, prevent uh, these big name Italians from leaving Syria in the first place? Um, I mean, again, it comes down to money, just having that, you know, having those finances, finances to, to pay players. I don't think there's a, 
issue with with Italian players leaving. I know Donnarumma just did, and I know you know Verratti's already, um, you know he, he's been with PS, PSG for many years. But a lot of Italian players they stay in Italy. I think what the problem is, what I've seen is that, you know, if a top club develops a young player and he comes through the, the academy, he's either gonna you know rot on the bench once he gets signed. He's either gonna rot on the bench or they're gonna loan him out to a City a B team. And, you know, obviously the, the level there isn't very good. And, and maybe he's going to rot on the bench there too, because, you know, the city of B, I, I personally, I think they're not very good at developing players in that second division. It's more like guys like, you know, 30 plus year olds who just aren't good anymore. But I think maybe if they, they had like some sort of developmental league, uh, like I know with Juventus, they have a U23 team that plays in the, in the third division, you know, they're a professional team. That's technically separate from Juventus, but at the same time, you know, together they're just called Juventus U23, something similar to what like Barca does with Barcelona B. And their academy players, as long as they're under 23, will go play there and they'll play a full season. They'll play against other professional teams. The team, they're not like the best. Like they, it's a couple of seasons now that they're in the third division. They, 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 they don't go up, they don't go down, you know. Um, but I, I think more teams have to have that. The city I did approve it a couple of years ago. That, that teams could have their their academy teams their youth or their u23 team teams start out in the fourth division and then you know work their way up as long as they're not in the same division as the the the, the senior team and Juve is the only one who's who's taken advantage of that and honestly they they they've developed some good young players and I know the couple of guys Juve has a lot of players for squad debt squad depth. So there's, you know, there's nowhere for these guys to go. So go from the U23 team to like, they'll get loaned out elsewhere. But uh, I, I've noticed it in the last few years, how, how it's kind of helped. We, we've heard more Italian names than, than usual with, with Juve. So it'd be nice to see if other teams, other teams did that. And go, uh, pivoting back to Ronaldo and his, in his uh, transfer from Juventus, uh, does Ronaldo's legacy uh, get enhanced by this move from uh, Juventus to back to Manchester United, or does it tarnish it? Because a lot of people, with, uh, as you get older, a lot uh, a lot of these players will go to MLS or another league where they'll make good money, get good media exposure from the United States, right into the sunset, if you will. But Ronaldo, he goes from Juventus back to the Premier League, where no no offense, mean to the Serie A, but in its current state, the Premier League, I I would wager, is the best in the world. And he goes to a team that has not only aspirations to win the Premier League, but aspirations to win Champions League. Do you think this move enhances Ronaldo's legacy as a player? Depends what he does, I guess. If he goes out and, and magically wins them a, a Champions League title, uh, I guess so. But, you know, I think we've, we've just gotten to the point. We, we know what his legacy is. He's one of the best in the world, if you want to argue. You know, Messi's better or Pelé's better or Maradona's better or whatever. That's your opinion. You know, I watched him with Juve for three years. I saw how amazing he is. You know, in, in my opinion, it, you know, this whole saga tarnished his reputation as a as a person in, in my eyes because he treated it pretty badly, honestly. You know, he left he left uh, Juventus' training ground before a deal was even, like, in place, in a, before it was even, like, finalized. Um, and I saw it in games sometimes when... He wasn't, uh, things weren't going his way. He was getting frustrated and, let, and you know, and brought the whole team down. So, you know, he's, he's an amazing player. I guess it comes full circle now that he's going, goes back to Man U. It, uh, I don't think it's going to tarnish his opinion at all. If anything, it, it could help him, you know, I, like just, just today, 
he got two goals against Ireland for the most uh, men's international goals uh, ever. You know, that's that, that's just another accolade to his to his you know amazing career. And uh, I'm actually glad you mentioned Messi because for for more than a decade now, the conversation has been Messi or Ronaldo for the greatest modern player of all time. And in your opinion, since Messi has now left Barcelona, Ronaldo has re- actually rejoined Manchester United, where really his his top flight legacy began after the transfer from Port- from Portugal. Do you think this changes the debate, or it's just a debate that will rage on for the for the rest of time? Yeah, it's a debate that's gonna be nonstop. It's gonna be annoying because you know we're so lucky we're, we live in a in an age where we get to see both of them at the same time, you know, I don't think we're ever going to see this, you know, you, you think in the next generation, there's, you know, two names that stick out is, is Holland and, and Mbappe. They're going to be great players. Are they going to be as good as Ronaldo and, and Messi? I doubt it. You know, they carry the legacy. It's, it's going to be fun to watch and you, you, we'll probably have, you know, Holland fanboys versus Mbappe fanboys. You know, I hope, I hope, I hope Federico Keys is part of that conversation too, but I don't, you know, I don't think he's on that level yet, but uh, you know, I, I think all these Ronaldo fanboys versus Messi fanboys, I think, I hope one day they're, they're going to wake up and realize how, how stupid they were, especially, you know, when one of them retires and we'll just, you know, it's just going to, we're not going to have them no more, you know, and that we're, we could watch. So, you know, let's just appreciate it while we still have it. For, for uh, this has been the Ronaldo leaving Juventus has been bubbling for a while in the rumor mill. Do you think this is a moment where Juventus kind of dropped the ball in regards to not necessarily how Ronaldo was treated there? Because from what I understand, he was treated fairly well in Italy and in Syria for that matter. But do you think they could have handled his departure better? I don't think it's, it's a matter of like handling his departure I think it was a matter of handling his time there and then the management you know he, he went through three different coaches in three seasons and and it, it could have been not necessarily a fourth coach in four seasons because you know it's same coach as three years ago but you know it, it could have been three coaching changes in, in three summers with Ronaldo and I think the, the whole team got worse from 2018 when he joined that could also be a result of you know, them paying him $30 million and not having money uh, to spend elsewhere. Um, I think there was a couple of transfers that didn't, you know, didn't pan out, you know, that, that midfield, you know, you look at the midfield in 2014 and 2015, Marquisio, uh, Pogba, Pirlo, and, 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 and then now you have, you have, you know, McKenney who's playing as an attacking midfielder when he's, he's really not. And then, you know, Rodrigo Bentancur who can't, you know, he can't find his mom in the grocery store. And, uh, you know, Rabiot will have like three good games and then seven bad games. The players aren't, so, aren't, aren't good, but you talk about Ronaldo when he, when he came. His goal was to win a Champions League. And they lose to Ajax in the quarterfinals. They lose to, to Lyon in the round of 16. And then they lose to Porto in the round of 16. So, you know, and, and Ronaldo, like in the last two years, he really, he really didn't do much, you know. He, I think he had to be better in that in that situation too. So I, I think both sides, you know, between Juve and Ronaldo, they they could have done better things. And you know, at the end of the day, you know, it was cool to see Ronaldo, but you know, maybe if you could go back in time to 2018, I would tell I would tell them to not do it. You know, just use that money instead of spending 30 million on on one player, 
spend 30 million on, you know, five, six players. So would you consider Ronaldo's time at Juventus a, a failure for him on a playing level ability, but also a failure for Juventus? You mentioned that in the, t- in the time he spent in Italy, Juventus didn't progress in the Champions League. They lost out to Inter for the, for the Serie A title last year. Would you consider his time here a disappointment or even a failure? Yes and no. More yes, honestly. Just because Juve got worse in the three years. They only won one Coppa Italia and, and they didn't lose they didn't win the Scudetto last year. And they it was a massive failure in terms of Champions League. Because like I said, you know, that was their goal from when they when they when they signed them. It was for Champions League. And and they won one round in the knockout stages in three years. Uh and that was just because he, you know, he had a hat trick against Atletico. So I, I consider it a failure, yeah. Since this, not, uh, not only the transfer fee, but as you mentioned previously, this uh, salary gets freed up with his departure. How does Juventus move on and continue to compete for the Serie A and in Champions League? I think they, they still have a good team. I, they really have to just build around Dybala. I, I think right now they can't uh, focus on Champions League, honestly, too much. Like, obviously, you know, you, you play in it, you, you, you want to do well in it, like, you know, get past the group stage uh, and then see who you play in the knockout stages. But, um, you know, they, they signed a couple of guys um, this off season. Who I'm excited about, you know, Locatelli and then uh, Keane's coming back, uh, you know, see what they can do. I, I like that they have a couple of young, young Italian players, a couple of uh, Euro champions. And, um, you know, they, f- first all, first, first off with, with the city, I like, you know, they, they already dropped points to Udinese and Empoli. I mean, I know it's not over, right? But they <laughs> they have to use this international break in a way to, to regroup, come back. They got huge games coming up against Napoli and Milan um, in, in the Serie A. Uh, you know, it, every year it's always the same story. If you're, you're going to win Serie A, you're going to have to beat the teams you're competing with. You know, obviously, you don't want to drop points either to the small teams. You, you've already did that. But... Um, it's, it's early in the season. So if they could get, get those wins against Napoli and Milan, and then they play uh, Inter and Roma at the end of October, if they could get those wins, you know, it, it could change things. So, um, you know, I, I think for Juve, uh, I know it's kind of crazy, but I think right now, right, right now, their goal has to be like finishing top four, make Champions League. Uh, that's just because, you know, they, they're so bad right now. Um, but obviously, I like my, my prediction at the beginning of the season before the season started was for Juve to win Champions League, looking, seeing how they played in the first two games. Okay, sure, you know, well, first game, Chesney's fault, two mistakes, whatever. They, they tie that game. Second game, maybe you can make the excuse that they were um, distracted, the whole Ronaldo situation distracted them in the week. So we'll see. We'll see how they, how it is. Uh, like I said, big game coming up next Saturday against Napoli. Thank you so much, Nick. We appreciate you having you on. Make sure to check out the Calcio Guys podcast with Nick, and uh, where they discuss the Serie A in, in length, not only Juventus, but the Serie A in length. Thanks again, Nick, for, uh, for joining us today. No, no problem. Thanks, Ben. This has been This Week in Sports History. Once again, a big thanks to Nick DiGiovanni. Make sure to check out his podcast in the link below, and we'll see you next time.